Welcome back to Lifestyle of the Broken Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Eric, and today's episode is Season 2 Highlights. As we come to the end of 2021, I thought I would share some inspirational moments with our guests from this season. We had some amazing guests join us on the show, from an acclaimed author to the CEO of Baseline Cosmetics and two Season 18 Project Runway contestants. I have had my ups and downs this year, including the release of my second children's book, The Codfather, now available on Amazon. I thought, what better way to end the year than with some of my favorite moments hosting your favorite podcast? This first clip is with acclaimed author and multimedia mogul, Jay Dumore. In this clip, he talks about what first inspired him to write and ultimately inspired a lot of his life's choices professionally. Okay, so it was 2004. Um, I was in a creative writing class in middle school and I had this really lanky, really just like retro kind of um, this guy. He was like a skater kind of guy, teacher. And his name was Mr. Moore, and he was my creative instructor in middle school. And he literally assigned um, us like an assignment to like do like a short story. And I remember freaking out because I was like, I read stories, but I don't know how to write a story. Like I don't even know where to start. And he literally like navigated us through this whole entire journey. Like he literally painted this picture for us. Yeah. And this like this kid just so excited, like my eyes got wide, and I was just like, oh my god, this is so awesome. And so I started in seventh grade, and that particular story, um, I think the one that I wrote it was called like Clue Six, because uh-huh. I, I always like really loved mysteries, so it was called Clue Six. And I turned that assignment, and he was like, oh, this is actually really good. You should keep writing. You should make a book. And I was like. I'm 12. I don't know how to write a book. <laughs> just keep writing and then don't stop. And then you go back and look at it again. Go back and look at it again. And so it really started for me in that seventh grade class. And like that particular book, well, that story, Clue 6 became like a 200-page book, which is a lot for a 12-year-old. Yeah. Uh, eventually, many years later, that same book became Across the Stars, which was my first science fiction novel published. And so uh, it just kind of stuck with me. It just really just stuck with me. And then eventually it inspired me to become a middle school English teacher, you know, a creative writing teacher. So that particular class with that particular instructor really influenced the rest of my life you know in this next clip jay discusses his first series across the stars currently jay has released his latest novel the girl from princeton avenue i kid you not most of that is still the original story that i wrote when i was 12. that's what i was gonna ask so that derived from that short story that you were just saying clue yeah like yeah clue six because like initially i was like okay i'm gonna make a detective book because i love the hardy boys i grew up with the hardy love the hardy boys and i was like i'm gonna make a mystery story and this group of kids they're gonna like solve a story and six clues and they're gonna have superpowers and they're gonna like fight and be secret agents none of those things correlate together at all but i was like this is what this is gonna be and i wrote clue six and i was like this is horrible and i was like a superhero story and so it just kind of evolved and then as i got older and decided to like revisit it over time mm-hmm. it's formed into like this really huge thing where there's this guy that loses his life yeah. and just kind of has to kind of try to navigate it back and decides to just take matters in his own hands to kind of reclaim his life. And so it evolved to this socio-political superhero slash action adventure slash romance slash dramedy 
mega monster, you know, thing. So yeah, um, yeah, it just kind of took a life on its own. And like now we're, what, five books into the series? And so there's, I think five or six to go. Um, Cause like when I started writing it, I couldn't stop. Yeah. But like, I think, I think when I was in 12th grade, maybe 11th or 12th grade, I wrote the last Across the Stars book. Our next clip is with the lovely Nicole Naomi. She and I met back in high school, and she currently runs her own cosmetics company called Baseline Cosmetics. In this first clip, we talk about her blog and why she started NicoleNaomi.com. So I started blogging when I was 25 because just like now, I traveled a lot, I ate at a million restaurants in New York City, and I just wanted to tell whoever would read like oh she's just a regular girl like me or a regular girl like i'm a regular guy she lives in the tri-state area she goes here she goes there obviously she's not rich obviously she's not you know dating a baller so she you know dripping in head to toe jewels or whatever but she's at this cute restaurant she's at this cute you know she's on vacation she's doing whatever so i could do it too that's why In this next clip, we dive in a little deeper into her essay, also available on NicoleNaomi.com, titled, It's Like We're Here, But We're Not Really Here. Take a listen. Okay, so I am a very pro-Black individual. But when when I refer to my own pro-Blackness, I mean my... Black American, Black Caribbean, and Black African-ness. Because for all of us that live here in America, we all experience the same fight, right? No matter where, if we're American or Caribbean or African, we're all Black in America, right? So I wrote, well, I'll start with the title. The title is, the title meant, um, there's so many things that are influenced by Black culture in pop culture. And there are so many things that are capitalized on just because it's trendy or it's cute. And when you're actually black every day, not just when it's trendy, it's not that cute because it's almost like you want our rhythm, but you don't want our blues, right? You want our glory, but you don't want our guts. And it drives me and millions of other black people out of our minds. And I, I I, hate to see how blatant it is now with the pandemic, with the lockdown, with George Floyd, with um, Breonna Taylor, with a million, even though these are things that have always happened, yeah. when you're yeah. sitting at home on lockdown in the pandemic, you have nothing but time on your hands. So now you can really peel back the skin of what's really going on. To, to address the um, America's getting her body done. I saw a meme on Instagram yesterday. <laughs> Apparently, the government has made Juneteenth an official holiday, right? Like we all saw that and we all rolled our eyes too. Yeah. Because nobody asked for a holiday. <laughs> what we asked for was to stop killing black people. Yeah. But for some reason, the government doesn't feel like doing that. So instead no, no, of- about some education. Right? <laughs> How about some funding, like? Or the same time that the the holiday was made in law was the same time that race relations 
was banned in in schools across the country. Yeah. So it's like you cute or you trying to be cute, but we see you. Exactly. So you're exactly. so basically you're getting your body done because you you are crumbling to public opinion that you're doing something wrong and need to fix it. But your wounds are showing, sis. Like we see you and we don't like it. In this final clip with Nicole, she talks about basically making your small business work for you. This clip spoke to me because sometimes you have to take a step back and start over to get the right outcome. And Nicole explains how she did just that. Definitely go check out BaselineCosmetics.com and grab her amazing body souffle. You won't regret it. I started with like lipsticks, lip liners, eyeshadows, like color cosmetics. But funny enough to be very transparent, I was like, you know, I don't know what is next for baseline cosmetics. I don't know what I want to do, if I want to keep it, if I want to get rid of it and all these different things. So I was like, you know, inventory is such a crazy skill, right? And obviously you have to have tons of money for inventory kind of like Fenty right everybody loves Fenty you have to have millions of dollars to stock inventory and all these things and when you're small you work obviously in a very limited budget so I was like all right am I really going to sit here and keep racking my brain with this thing or am I going to make it work for me so I was like you know what my sister has a YouTube channel and her makeup is flawless 24 7 but what's what's her YouTube channel oh Ebony Lace Ebony Lace, everybody subscribe to her channel, please. It's E B O N I. I'll be checking her out after I finish editing and everything. Yes, my baby sister. And her makeup is is flawless 24-7. So for me, I was like, all right, it's cute because I was selling makeup. She was wearing the makeup. And among other other makeup brands and stuff too, in her videos or pictures and everything. But I was like, I I can't. I can't move forward with color cosmetics the way I want to. So how am I going to move the company forward and still stay true to the reason I started the company at all? So back to my Caribbean heritage, back to how much I love to travel. I was like, you know what? I don't know how many people love the beach and the pool and the sun as much as I do, but... But... I was like, you know, the party girl in me, the exposed skin girl in me, you know, the tube tops, the short shorts, the bikinis, your skin is always exposed, you know? You're on vacation, you're out of town for the weekend, everybody takes showers every day. So it's like, all right, let me see if I can make a little something and see how it does. You know, I love all these scents. If I chose the right ingredients, how well would it work on on pigmented skin or, you know, melanated skin? So let me see if I could try something and see if my friends and family would like it. I'll post it on Instagram, post it on Facebook after I make it and then see what the response would be. And so far, it's been the best thing I've ever done for Baseline Cosmetics. Now talk about inspiring. This next clip is with one of my all-time favorite guests, Nancy Volpe Berenger. This first clip, Nancy explains her life-changing decision to become a fashion designer. And I got jealous. I mean, I got jealous of my, imagine that. I'm jealous of my own child. And he he was learning all these cool things. Yeah. 
And so I just, for fun, I'm not sleeping. I said, so if you were his age, like if you were young again, what would you be trying to learn? And I, for some reason it came to me and it was fashion design. And once I answered it, that was it. Like yeah. that was it. It Changed just my life. clicks, it clicks. Yeah. And it makes, out of nowhere, it makes total sense. And again, it was out of nowhere because when I gave my, um, I had been in that uh, management job for a year. And when I gave my notice, the executive director said, is this like, nobody quit this job. Like you, <laughs> once you got it, you didn't just leave. And he said, is this something you've been thinking about for a long time? I'm like, no, like I didn't dare to dream this. I was always having to survive, you know, being a single parent, you're always were just surviving yeah. and, and um, financially being um, conservative, you know, so that I could always take care of myself. Even um, you know, when, when I remarried um, and it was always having to take care of myself. And so, but once I opened the door, I said, I can't go back. Like I can't close it now until I go. Wow. Right now, Nancy shocked even me in this next clip. She shared some funny stories from when she was a teacher in New Jersey. I couldn't call this episode season two highlights and not share this funny clip. I can remember actually when I was, I have two funny stories when I was student teaching, the students, it was a um, city school, and uh, my sister taught there. She was younger, but she taught there. She had hall duty outside my classroom. And this is when computers, I'm really showing my age, but I don't care about my um, You know, where, where they really were getting into word processing, things like yeah. that. And uh, they so they tried to break me because I was, you know, I guess they were used to my sister who was a little more, you know, fun, but they tried to break me. And so when it was at the end of my student teaching, it actually showed their love because they, it cost them money. They tried to hire a stripper to come into the classroom. So the stripper <laughs> come in. So they hired a male belly dancer to come into my classroom and it got around. So my cooperating teacher and my sister found out they were doing it. And all of a sudden she doesn't have hall duty. She disappears. <laughs> and they were so prepared because in a matter of seconds, they had the windows covered, the shades pulled down and in comes a male belly dancer. I'm, and, but that showed their love actually in New Jersey and, and actually won national awards with future business leaders, but we had to wear suits. So there's actually, it was posted on Facebook. My students still follow me and I swapped outfits because I had students coming from all over the county and some of them were coming from the Catholic school. Okay. And they would roll up their uniforms to make it the skirt shorter. And I'm like, you can't do that. So there's a picture of me. I don't know how I did it. I get arrested now. There's a picture of me in her school uniform and <laughs> in my suit. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Nancy, those are the things we could have gotten away with. You know? I know. My students <laughs> actually taught me how to hug. They were, again, you know, they, they, they needed hugs. Yeah. And they taught me how to hug. <laughs> In this final snippet with Nancy, she talks about her experience on Project Runway and getting to the show and how it was truly a full circle experience for her, being she's a super fan herself. To Project Runway for a little bit, because um, I am a big fan. I've literally been watching since Heidi Klum and Tim Gundy's huge fan. Me too. So you know. In season one. <laughs> So I'm um, a super fan. So then you must have been extra like in your head as the runner up for season 18. Like well, So this is crazy. So I first saw the first episode. I remember watching with my mother. 
Yeah. I was just turning 50. Okay. And I, so I sewed, you know, I went to summer school at age 12 and I sewed in high school because I had Catholic uniforms. So for the football games, I sewed. And then, you know, I went to work and that was the end of it. Yeah. But here I'm watching Project Runway thinking, well, you know, if I had been nurtured and, and my love of sewing, if they had helped, told me I should go to fashion school, I could have been on this show. Like, yeah, okay, I'm 50, almost 50. I'm not a fashion designer. I, and But that's my thought. Yeah. I could. And so it was planted. So fast forward, now I'm 57. I decide to quit my job. At 58, I start a three-year fashion program. And now it's not hidden. It's still there, but nobody knows that I have this fantasy to be on Project Runway. <laughs> nobody knows this. And then I graduate and I'm like, well, so I graduated 61. So what, how long can I wait? I mean, they've never even had anyone on their 60s. So, like how crazy, I'm gonna go and not even have any experience. I don't even know how to do things on my own yet. So I apply, like. Yeah, gotta risk it. The good news is I didn't, I got far into the interviews, but I didn't get on the first time. Okay. And that and that was when it was with um, Lifetime, which was really good because I went, okay, I got another year to prepare. So yeah. I took an online course um, out of Paris. I went to London, Central St. Martin's, a top fashion school. So I went, I went into like, training i was in physical therapy for two years because of my um, arthritis i developed in school with my neck oh, okay. uh, i trained and and then when it came um then it got canceled um and then it went to bravo and i applied again and i'm like oh no um but i i i didn't take it for granted i practiced i read when they called me to tell me i was on the show I was in Florida for my um, anniversary and they said, so what are you doing? And I was studying. I had my pattern making book and they I said, well, I'm, I'm reading my pattern making book. And they said, well, you better keep reading. <laughs> Three weeks later, I'm packed up and I'm gone for seven weeks. I love it. I love it. That Tell me you're not inspired by your own story. <laughs> it's crazy. It's absolutely, but I, for me, I knew I it was my destiny. I don't know why, but I felt like I needed to be on that show. And I know it's reality TV, and but it's also fashion. I just I I felt there was something in me that I needed to be on the show. And then the thing is, once I got on the show, that wasn't enough. You know, you all want to survive that first challenge, <laughs> but I I wanted to win. And and in my mind. I thought I could. Our last few clips are with another amazing fashion designer who also appeared on Project Runway season 18, Alan Gonzalez. He has made his time on Project Runway count, showcasing his charismatic personality and one-of-a-kind design aesthetic. In this first clip, he talks about business during the pandemic and how he was able to do his part one mask at a time. The business, I mean, we ran a complete like mask operation immediately starting. It was wild. Yeah. I remember I was like sitting at home and I was like, why am I not doing anything? Like, how do I help? And and so that's why we started the whole mask business. At, at like the peak of it, at, in the craziness of it all, we were making like about 2000 masks a week. Oh, it was damn. insane. <laughs> just how easy it it came so so yeah i mean the pandemic turned us into a completely new operation i'm so used to doing custom wear where it's just like one of a kind it's made you know to order 
And that threw me into more of a cookie cutter business type set. So that was a learning curve for me as a designer. And I, it definitely opened my eyes to, to new possibilities of what Alan Tude can do. In this next little snippet, Alan talks about where he would have been if it was not for fashion. What could Alan Gonzalez have been other than a fashion designer? Take a listen. I did actually. I always thought that I was going to be like on stage, you know, your boy did like musical theater. I was singing and dancing and, and the, like the whole thing. You know what I'm saying? Like Alan was, Alan was in it. And then I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I do know what sparked. I had a fashion show, I want to say like junior year and people were like, mm, you might want to rethink your career, girl. So I was like, all right, let's rethink it. But yeah, I did. I really thought I was just like, Alan's going to be on stage, I guess. And now I'm hosting. So I guess we are talented. What can I say? In this final clip, once again, we jump into Project Runway. But this is from Alan's perspective. He may have not gone all the way, but he definitely left a great impression with the world. So I was on I was on season 18 of Project Runway. It was crazy. It was insane. I mean, the way I say it is it, like when you watch the show, as crazy as it seems, living it is probably like 10 times worse. It is insane. I remember watching the season prior and I was like, why is everybody running? Like <laughs> stop running. Just get your shit together and and do it. Like stop running. Just stop. Yeah. And then I get there and I find my little ass just like running everywhere. And I'm like, oh, oh, I get it. I see why everybody's running. Okay, okay, okay. Got it, got it, got it, got it. So it's crazy. It's insane. The hours that go into it. I mean, you're, you're, you're producing a show. You're on a show. You're on a reality show. And at the same time, you have to be creative. So it's insane. What I'm saying like to go on national television like that yeah. at 24 on up against some amazing amazing designers that have been doing this for like years and years and years and years and years i mean yeah. you know it's crazy to think that i was even up against them and so that was definitely i mean i was fresh that was that was a challenge for sure in in my book and i think that i've grown so much since then and it's helped me become who i am because i want to thank you all for your love and support this season Stay tuned. Lifestyle of the Broken Creative will be back next year for season three. Be sure to catch all our previous episodes for season one and two. Also, The Codfather, my latest children's book, is now available for purchase on Amazon. I would like to wish you all a very beautiful holiday season and a happy new year. Spread peace, love, and happiness, and always be creatively you.